Principal Matters Podcast, episode 297. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about applying the strangest secret with my special guest, Daniel Bauer. A couple of weeks ago, I was on a call with my friend, Daniel Bauer, education leader, podcaster, author of the book, Mastermind, Unlocking Talent with Every School Leader, and a previous guest on this podcast. You can go back and listen to a couple of different episodes I've done with Danny over the years. But Danny included me in an email sharing about one of his favorite recordings of all times, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. And I had taken time to find this old recording from 1956 and listen to it because I admire Danny. And I wanted to listen to this recording that Danny says he listens to every single month as a reminder of some of the greatest actions that he's taken in his work and in his life. So I listened to this recording. I wrote down several notes and questions. And then I emailed and texted with Danny and said, let's just set up a time because I, I want to ask you some follow-up about your favorite recording. So Danny was so generous. Um, we scheduled a call together. And when we we're a few minutes into the call, I asked him, can I record this? Because I know you're going to say things I want to listen back to later. And we ended up getting so much value out of that call that Danny agreed for me to share it with you. I was not <clears throat> disappointed. And I don't believe you will be either when you hear Danny's feedback for several areas, including setting goals and how to review them, not responding to your fears when it comes to leadership and decision-making, giving more of yourself in the work that we do, the reality of how good things usually come when we do hard things, and how headwinds and tailwinds, as Danny calls them, will influence the movement and the generosity in our lives. If you'd like to connect with Danny and his resources, you can find him at his website at betterleadersbetterschools.com. And by the way, if you are a regular Principal Matters listeners, I just want to give you a heads up that we are getting really close to Principal Matters episode 300. And in that special edition, I would like to share some stories from you. So if you have a favorite memory from Principal Matters podcast, an episode that spoke to you, or any other way that Principal Matters has been meaningful to you, will you let me know? You can email me your thoughts at will at williamdparker.com. Or if you want to record what you'd like to say, just open your phone, find your voice memo app, record 60 seconds, including your name, what school you serve, how the podcast has been meaningful to you. And you can send me that as well at will at williamdparker.com. Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. Well, I hope you enjoy this week's podcast with Daniel Bauer as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Thank you for all that you do. Thanks for doing what matters. And I'll talk to you again soon. There are two things I want to talk to you about. One is um, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Yeah. <laughs> because this is something you posted a few, probably a couple of months ago, that, that uh, is this old recording that you've listened to probably every year or every quarter. I can't remember the frequency. I try to listen to it every month. Every month. And so... Um, because I'm a Danny Bauer friend, I thought, well, I've got to listen to this recording because 
if this is so important to Danny, then I need to hear this. And so I uh, found the uh, YouTube version of the, the audio recording. And you had noted that this is one of the earliest audio, uh, or one of the earliest records that was um, LPs, I guess, that was ever yeah. created. Yeah, in, 1956. Um, yeah. Well, 1956, it received the uh, first gold record award for the spoken word. So it kind of launched this motivational personal mm-hmm. development sort of uh, industry. And yeah. Yeah. So, so this was the genesis of podcasting. If you think about it, it here's one voice, <laughs> yeah, here's sure. one voice sharing ideas for a half hour, however long it was, of, or maybe it's 45 minutes or an hour. I can't remember now, but um, sharing all this information and I wrote down a few things that I was like, okay, I want to pick Danny's brain on how you apply these. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? So, so number one, (laughs) yeah, no, no, no. I've written them down. So you're, all right. right. And these are things you do. So this is not going to be hard for you. Okay. (sighs) So it's off. So number one, set a goal, write it down and review it every day for 30 days. Talk about how you've used that idea in your work and life. For sure. Uh, great question. Well, and yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's research that's out there too, right? If you have a goal in your head, that's that's one thing. And that's good. You need to set an intention. And then from there, if you write it down, it multiplies the uh, chances for success and execution. And then if you not only write it down, but tell some friends, right? Brene Brown calls that a square squad, or maybe you're in the mastermind that I run or you run. That's a great place to, to share your goals. But when you tell people and do your work in public, you multiply it even more. And so each, each quarter, at least, uh, I have, I have three-year goals that I'm moving toward. And then I break those down into uh, quarterly goals, right? So in this quarter, what's going to move us toward the bigger goal? And from the quarter goals, then I think in a weekly and daily basis, right? So I, I have those goals written down. I've used note cards before for the really, really big goals. And that's kind of like a meditation or affirmation or or prayer, however you want to phrase that one. Uh, And then the quarterly goals and that kind of stuff right now, I have them, uh, I have them in Trello, but I actually just invested in an app. So actually I won't talk about the app because then people will just want to like go get the app. So that's not the point. So I, I, I have everything somewhere where I see it every single day. And that way, you know, my mind is just focused on what's most important. Right. And that's, that's a a really key part of my strategy. Well, I love that. And I sat down at the beginning of this calendar year and kind of wrote out um, my goals for the year. And what I discovered was um, that the year before I had not been as consistent. Um, Mm. And so I had, I went back two years before that and I had and I looked back at when I had sat down and written out specific goals for that year. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it's just true, Danny, the years, the years that I sit down and I write out specific goals, I reach higher destinations than yeah. the years that I'm winging it or just trying to think through these goals that I'm, that I'm doing without placing them in a, in a specific written form. And I don't always reach all my goals, but at least by writing them down, I have something to go back to, 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 to rely on in terms for, 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 for goals that I have. Cause I, cause I have a lot of great intentions, 
but intentions don't really become action. I think until yeah, a lot of times yeah. until you, until you write, I don't know what it is about the power of writing them down and reviewing them. Yeah. Um, but, but it, I think it just helps you uh, add more intention, uh, action to the intention too. Um, all right. I think it's just in your operating system because mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're constantly thinking about it. And then if it's something you review in the morning, all right, you set the intention for a day. If you reviewed in the evening, now your subconscious, right? When you're dreaming and sleeping is processing stuff. If you ever woken up, right? That's why when you wake up and you have a solution, that's why. Because you were thinking about it during your sleep. Or if you get the solution in the shower, that's why. Because <laughs> in the background, your subconscious is figuring that out. Um, I'm curious though, Well, I know you had a second question, but have you ever have you ever scored your goals? Have you ever measured your progress? No, that's a great idea. Um, I love that idea. I well, I I will say this that I have relied pretty heavily on um, Michael Hyatt's um, life scores assessments okay. that he does, okay. and it's a free assessment that anybody can access, and I like it because it gives you an opportunity to evaluate yourself um, in several categories, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, physical. And I do score myself on the yeah. front end, yeah. but I have not scored myself on the back end. And yeah. so it's, so I'm setting, so I, I usually do this assessment on the front end to kind of realize, oh, these are areas that I have been neglecting mm. or I need to refocus on so that I can uh, set some specific goals for each of those areas going into a year. But that's a great question. No, I have not, I've not scored yeah. it on the back end. That's so that's Danny's strangest secret, right? Like mm-hmm. score, score your goals. So write them down, do your work in public, tell people, but then score it in, uh, in 30 seconds or less. I'll tell you how it's you on a daily, daily basis, right? You pick uh, the big three, the big three things, tasks that are aligned to your most important goals. Now that's not everything you'll do in one day, but it's the most important work. And it actually could be three or less. I have a mentor now that says, just do one. Wow. So all that is telling you to focus less is more. You'll be able to get momentum and uh, work projects to completion. And so you'll either be zero for three, one for three, two for three, three for three. Don't get hung up on the daily score. Don't get hung up on the weekly score, not even the monthly, but basically at the end of a quarter, and this is the last thing I'll say about scoring. If you uh, percentage wise execute at 80% or higher, you will get a lot done. And yeah, just don't don't obsess during the day to day. Like if everyone's going to have a bad day, but by, I'm telling you, at the end of the quarter, if you've executed 80% or higher, you will have accomplished uh, those goals. I actually have a bonus thing. So this doesn't have to do with measuring. Uh, I love talking about goals, if you can't mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. So I, ha- I had another coaching call last week with my friend uh, Dave Stream. So Dave, if you're listening by any chance, thank you so much for your time. And I had a certain goal that I'm, I'm going toward. And he said, I want you to double it. I said, what? Right. That's scary. Like I can't even figure out how to uh, reach my first goal, let alone double it. He said, here's why I'm a boxer. I'm not a boxer. Dave's a boxer. And so he said, when you're boxing, they teach you, if you want to hit somebody in their nose, right. You actually don't aim for the nose. You aim for the back of their skull. That's what he said. Mm. And I guess that's because you're like punching through your target. Right. So that's the same idea with your goal. So two X them, three X them, 10 X them. And I think that's the same as like, what do they say? If you shoot for the moon, you'll land in the stars. It's the same idea, right? So you might not reach like the crazy goal, but you're going to get a lot further than you thought you could. I love that so much, Danny. And and there are times where I'll do that. Well, I'll sit down and just kind of try to double or triple the yeah. um, 
the trajectory of where I want it, where I am and where I want to be. And it really does take you into a space that is um, uncomfortable, but like really eye opening to think about yeah. the possible, because it opens up possibilities. Right. And, 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 th- and this leads into statement number two from um, Earl Nightingale's work that I wanted to ask you about how you apply this. And okay. this is his, um, where he says, stop responding to what you fear. Stop responding to what you fear. How, how have you in your work and in, in life been a, applying that idea? I often tell a story where, you know, you just, you have a coin. Well, before I get to the coin, you know, I was at a, I was at an amusement park with my nephews, right? Silas and Levi. At the time they might've been like, oh, I don't know, nine and six. They, they were pretty young. They still are young. Okay. But Levi was just tall enough to get on the ride, right? So that gives you a sense of like his age. And so we got on the ride. It was a water ride. And it takes you up and up and up and up. And it's slow and there's music and like it's all super happy and fun and chill. And then at some point he realizes we're not going up anymore. We're about to go down all in one swoop. And he white knuckles, gripping the side of the car, screaming to let him out, right? It's like, whoa, is this kid going to die of a heart attack type of thing? And then we go, we go down. He's screaming the whole way down, crying like, you know, traumatic event. But then we reach the bottom, big splash. And he's laughing, just contagious laughter. And he says, can we do it again? You know, and, and, and kids are good teachers, right? A lot of times what we fear is irrational. It doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's probably not going to kill us. And if you think of a coin, that fear is one side of it. The other side is opportunity, possibility, and adventure, right? And maybe even like excitement, you know, and this kind of stuff. And so if that event, right, is that coin, you can choose how you want to see it, you know? And so that's, that's how I think about fear and not responding to it. I just flip it. I flip the coin on my best days, right? Not always. And uh, lean into it, right? Because I know that this is going to help me grow and I might even enjoy it. I love that. And um, I don't know, Danny, I think maybe this is a personality thing, but I can only speak for what's true to myself. And, and, I, and I think you and I probably resonate with each other because we share some similarities in this, but there's just not a lot of satisfaction for me, at least. I mean, I enjoy peace and I enjoy contentment and I enjoy having um, the opportunity to rest. All those things are wonderful. And I enjoy beauty, all those things, but there, there is something exhilarating about overcoming risk. Yeah. There just is. There's just something exhilarating about doing something challenging or hard, reaching a goal, and then being able to t- turn around and look back and go, that was that was cool. I, I accomplished that, or we accomplished yeah. this, or this was an accomplishment. And so, and I don't know how you do that without um f- the without facing without f- facing fears. And then being a willing, willing to overcome them. And, and so, mm. I don't know, I, I think sometimes people who want to achieve more or do the next thing, um, they want to do it without risk. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess my, my takeaway with this would be, I don't think you can accomplish great things without 
risk. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I understand the, the importance for, um, and this is part of the challenge, I think, with school leadership. It, what are we told in school leadership is the most important thing for us to create in school environments? Safety. Yeah. Which is important because you need a safe place to learn. But if if every decision that you make when it comes to learning or opportunities for kids or teachers who want to do new things is what's the safe thing going to be here um, versus the is there a chance I'm taking a risk here that you might fail? And I'm not talking about physical safety. I mean, our schools right now have been facing some stuff with school violence. That's that's a whole different issue. We need places where students are protected from violence. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about learning, um, learning opportunities and, and opportunities for people to do things they've never done before requires us as leaders too to give people permission to, to do things that help them overcome their fears. And I think you and I have both been in settings where the easy thing to say is no for leaders because then it protects everyone from the possibility of failure. But I don't know how anyone ever achieves something that's exhilarating unless you give them a chance to do something where they might actually have some fear and fail. Um, So, you know, his assertion, Earl Nightingale, stop responding to what you fear. Um, I, I appreciate that feedback. Any other thoughts before I ask you the third question? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you got to go for it, right? Like every, every great, whatever you enjoy the founder and the the initial team, right? They push through some kind of fear. And, you know, I know it's not the school setting because it's completely different, but if you're building a business and looking for venture capital funding, uh, a lot of times from what I'm told, because I'm not looking for funding, I don't want to be a public company, but uh, they say like, basically, do you have a track record of failure? Because if you don't, we're not going to invest in you you haven't learned the lessons yet right and so that's that's the thing so you need the safety you you, you want to the safety actually can create an environment where where you can take risks i think the biggest problem actually is um schools are just full of baloney like they they like to talk they like to talk let's experiment iterate learn from failure and then you'll get an educator like me who is ready to take a risk and they do it and they lop their head off, right? And they put it on a spike and they display it outside the school, right? As a warning to never do what they say they want to do, which is just co- totally bizarre, right? So they, they got to walk the talk, not just uh, say it. I agree. Um, I'll make a quick application to the work um, that you and I do. And, yeah. and this works, I think, within school settings too. Um, because I tried to apply this when I was still leading a school. But um, sometimes you have to be willing to build something before you even know exactly how, what the outcome is going to be. And so overcoming fear sometimes is being willing to do something that you know is going to work, but you figure it out in the process. And so there's been, um, over the years, I've had people reach out to me to ask me for I'll give you an example. I've had people reach out to me to ask me, will you work with this group of leaders, for instance, and train them in content over this amount of period? And I have said yes, without having that content prepared, because <laughs> right, I know, yeah. because I know I can build that content, you know? It, and course, so, yeah. and so if the goal was like, I have to have the entire thing built before you're willing to take the risk with me, then um, it probably would have never happened. 
Um, but I think sometimes in, in the work that we do, we also understand that um, there's just a lot of joy in discovering what needs to be built. And sometimes you don't know until you've jumped into the moment to learn together what needs to be built. And so I've built a lot of content and training over the years that I have figured out what needs to happen once I'm in the work. Yeah. Um, and, and where I know other people who sometimes they want the entire thing built in advance. They want to yeah. like eliminate all the risks and, and all the concerns before they're willing to launch. And, and I feel like if you do that, then you're actually just I think you're wasting a lot of time and I think you're also giving up a lot of opportunities. Totally. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So <laughs> that's, Hey, that, that's all right. That gives me more opportunity, you more opportunity in other schools that want to do stuff, but yeah, it, it definitely paralyzes you and, and you can't create results. And it's just like, why, why? Okay. So area uh, idea number three from Earl Nightingale, give of yourself more than ever before. How has that idea from Nightingale influenced the way you work and live? Maybe the mm, most current practical application, by the time this goes out, it might not be relevant anymore, but you know, I, I actually did a scholarship uh, for the mastermind, which I've never done before. Mm. And um, in the mastermind, we read a book called uh, The Person You Mean to Be, you know? And it's a, it's a really good book. It's about how I love the subtitle. It's like how good people fight bias, right? Because here's the thing. Everybody, even people that say ridiculously racist stuff, everybody thinks they're a good person, right? Okay. So if that's true, then, then how can you make the world a little bit more just, right? And fair and equitable. And one of the big ideas, it's a metaphor that I learned uh, from the author there is this concept of headwinds and tailwinds, right? And so if I'm flying where I live in New York to see my buddies, uh, John Joe uh, at uh, East Charter in Ventura, California, right? It takes longer for me to fly from New York to LA because of the headwinds, you know, the, the wind literally pushing the plane to make it go slower. Now, when I go home, it's a better flight from LA to New York. It's actually quicker, about 40, 40 50 minutes quicker because I now have tailwinds. And so all of us have headwinds and tailwinds in our lives. Uh, a very real example. I mean, uh, my wife and I went to a, a pharmacy that I'm not going to name on the podcast, but, you know, there's only a couple of big ones right around here in Syracuse, New York. And uh, she was followed by like the manager of the store, right? She's black, you know, and nobody followed me. That's, that's a headwind. You know what I mean? And that stuff plays out in real time and sometimes has some really terrible consequences. So when I thought about the mastermind, there's a financial investment there that many schools can afford. And there's a lot of people who pay personally. And then there's some folks who just can't, you know, maybe they're a, a single mom with a, a number of kids here in the United States. Uh, maybe they're an international leader, right? We have, we have members, uh, South America, Africa, like they're just not making the same kind of salary. So going back to your, your big why and your goals. And if I'm saying I'm about to connect, grow and mentor every school leader who wants to level up, well, what am I doing that then to really make it possible for folks? And so it's not like always open and this is an experiment and it's going to be personalized to everyone. You know, we ask some very detailed questions on the scholarship, like, individual income, family income, like, do you have health related costs that, so anything that might factor into why, 
right? And include in where you live. But there's a time limit. So people who want to take advantage, right? They had they had a week to fill out the application. And then we have two weeks to follow up with them. And we're just gonna, we're gonna, it's gonna be messy, I'm sure, but we're gonna sort it out and hopefully add some really tremendous leaders, you know, to our community. And then that, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel generous because uh, they they never would have gotten that support unless we put that out there. That's such a great example. And thanks for the analogy to the headwinds and tailwinds, because, you know, those winds influence people's movements and your ability to recognize that there are people out there that could benefit uh, through a scholarship to get so that you can give them a little tailwind. Um, exactly. Now they I got a tailwind. Yeah. 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 I just love that. I think something else I've learned too, Danny, is um, when within the context of the strangest secret, you know, Earl Nightingale is talking about trying to help people reach the goals for themselves so that they have the abundance that they need so that they're, they're, they're moving forward in their lives as they need to, because his whole, his whole talk is about helping people move beyond where they are to where they want to go. And, and for anyone who's not listened to that uh, talk by Earl Nightingale, I mean, it is very 1950s. He sounds like, so like classic, um, I'm just going to say it, a fluent um, white guy who's who's probably made a lot of money himself trying to give advice to everyone else on what they can do to to reach those goals, too. So there's a part of me listening to this thinking this guy has probably had a lot of other privileges and opportunities living in the world where he lives and the place he lives and the time that he lives. But he actually says that in his talk of that, you know, I live in a time and a place that I know gives me unique opportunities. And so he actually acknowledges the things I was thinking as yeah. I was listening to his talk, but, um, but he does give a, um, uh, you know, he does give some actions here that I, I wanted to visit too. But before I, I go there, I wanted to add one more thought, which is that um, over the years, cause I've known you a long time now and you and mm-hmm. I have both generated years, years of content, <laughs> yeah. years and years and years and years of content. Right. Hundreds of podcast episodes, Forgotten hundreds, of hundreds of, <laughs> of, of blog posts and email content. And I mean, oh, Danny, I sent over written, a million emails. <laughs> yes. I mean, you've written a book and I've written a few books, but, but that doesn't even, it's not yeah. even the tip of the iceberg in terms of yeah. all of the content that you and I have shared. Yeah. And so, and there's, but, but there's a purpose in that generosity hmm. And, and, and I'm not, and I'm not um, naive enough to, um, I mean, you and I both know that, that a lot of the reasons that we've been willing to share and to be generous with the content that we have is because we realize it builds momentum and it, it always comes back. It, yeah. it always, it always comes back that when you um, are generous with your time and your ideas and you're sharing with other people, then they're going to be generous with their ideas and their sharing and their opportunities with you too. And so I don't know, it's just this weird dichotomy. I made a commitment back in 2012 or 2013 that I was going to start creating content because um, I wasn't a thought leader. I wasn't a, um, an author, but I had a lot of passion and a lot of ideas that I wanted to share. And every once in a while, I would get invited to share. But I was like, how can I just, how can I do this without needing someone's permission every time? Yeah. And so that's where, for me, blogging became that first step. And then podcasting, because I realized I don't need anyone's permission to just share when I want to share. Yeah. 
nope. and you did the same thing. And, yeah. uh, and so both of us, of course, in different trajectories are still in, in doing that in, in different ways. And, and mm-hmm. I know you and I are both good friends with other people that do the same work. But one of the reasons I keep reaching back to you, Danny, is because I see you so consistently applying the things you teach so well. Um, and so let me wrap this up because um, there's a couple of action goals that, that Nightingale suggests, like writing your goal on one side of a card and on the flip side, writing the scripture from the New Testament that says, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find knock and the door will be open to you. And I thought that was a really beautiful application of, of, re- of his own recognition that here's my goal, but I'm also can, I'm also going to connect my goal to uh, an understanding that there, there's movement happening in the universe way bigger than me. And, but as I'm applying these truths and, and looking for these opportunities and taking these small actions, I'm going to be moving closer and closer to my goal every single day. So um so as we wrap up the Nightingale conversation, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to to respond to to that suggestion. How how do you how do you keep that tension in mind of the things that you're in control of, but then the things that you know are outside of your control? Yeah, I think in a very practical step, well, that's like that's when I when I measure and do that type of stuff. It's all the lead indicators, right? So I can't control anything you know, in terms of this, the outcome that I want, but I can be really smart. I could, you know, there's a famous quote, I don't know who said it, but you hear people say always like success leaves clues, right? So if I am going, if I'm have a goal of writing a bestseller, for example, I will talk with other bestsellers, right? And find out what did you do, you know, Uh, and this kind of thing. And then that's the outcome and what they did. Those are all the lead indicators, you know? And so I just, yeah, I, I try to stay there focused on what is within my realm of uh, uh, control and that kind of thing. But the, the one thing we have to end with, you know, with the uh, strangest secret, people should listen to it, but I'm going to reveal the strangest secret is you become what you think about, right? And I think mindset is so important and being really, yeah, very savvy and having a lot of boundaries around what you allow into your mind input wise. And that is in every domain of your life. You know what I mean? Uh, Because that gets in there and it's going to have some kind of effect, either good or bad. And I think a lot of folks, if you're not happy with your results, first thing I would do is just do an audit of all the stuff you consume and get rid of the trash because it's holding you back and weighing you down. So the beautiful thing, probably because it was created so many years ago, but that, that book, that audio is free now, right? So you can get it on YouTube like you did. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. So there's no reason people can't uh, consume that. And that's a good input for you. Uh, and then set yourself a little reminder to, to listen to it every month. And I guarantee your life will be transformed. Well, you have to take action too, right? Ideas are easy. Execution's everything, as John Doerr says. <laughs> I did have one pushback when I was listening to it that I wanted to address. And I'm just curious what you think, but there, and I didn't, I'm not sure I wrote this note down, but I don't know if it was a quote or just my own words because it's been a while since I've listened to it, but, but I wrote down in my own notes, um, Nightingale promises. If you follow these suggestions that he has this advice that you will achieve abundance and peace. And, and I, I don't know if it's just the, 
the part of me that always feels a tension in promises yeah. that, and so, so because I, I'm curious if there's a flip side to that, Danny. And um, because what I, what I don't want to do is give people false ideas. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes I think in, especially in leadership um, development, I want to be really careful that when I'm talking to people about their goals or their aspirations or, or their achievements that I don't set up any false assumptions. Um, so I'm just going to say it first and then you can add to this if you want. But if your definition of abundance and peace is that everything in your life is going to be great, then Nightingale is wrong. Right. But if your definition of abundance and peace is that you're going to achieve more and see more flourishing happening in your life and a greater achievement of peace, when you do all the things we just talked about, when you, when you set specific goals, you, you cut out the crazy noise, you, you influence what you think with things that are more positive. I don't see how, um, that can be a bad thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, but I, uh, but I did want, I did wrestle with that tension just a little bit as I was listening to that. Cause I don't want people to feel like you and I in it, in any of the work that we're doing or trying to lead them to down some, um, I don't feel, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to sell something that's not true. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that I caution people that, that leadership development and goals, um, they don't change the complexities of your relationships they don't change the fact that you can still get cancer. They don't change the fact that your kids are going to struggle sometimes in life. They don't change the fact that some nights you wake up, I'm just going to be really vulnerable, worried or stressed or in a panic, or that you might need to go see your therapist. I don't want to ever create this idea for other people that life is still not hard. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I know school leaders know that firsthand because you can, you can show up every single day and be ready and be on top of your game and you're going to hit something that you've never hit before. That's going to remind you that life's tough. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, well, first, you know, in response to what you said, everything you, you consume, you know, it should be viewed skeptically, right? Like you should question everything and figure out and come to your own conclusions. And I, I love the best books. Like I need to start putting this in mind. Like, don't take it from me, right? Whatever I talk about, test it. And if it proves true, then cool, like you will have grown, you know? And so I I love that you brought up something that you you had an issue with. So everybody should do that. And I think a lot of times, you know, maybe in the world and current state of things from time to time, that's a problem. Like people are just going through feeds, you know, on social media or or news, which is really entertainment. And uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just taking it for what they say and not like thinking, does that line up? So that's something to consider for sure. Yeah. But, but the other thing I want to hit on, like, I think there is actually peace. If you know, life is going to be hard. Like, why do you, why does anybody expect it not to be hard? That's kind of silly. <laughs> and then that. if you, if, if, if you frame the world, like, Oh, you know, things are going to be tough. And the reality mm-hmm. is whether you have a spiritual, you know, uh, part of aspect of your life, that's important to you or whatever, like, this current reality, there is an end point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just the way it works, like, at least there's not technology these days, like, my body's going to slow down, you know, I'm gonna have aches and pains, why would I expect anything different? You know what I mean? And, and the sooner you could uh, have that realistic view of things, I think there's actually peace in that. And then you could actually enjoy the journey, you know? 
Well, Danny Bauer, I think I'm going to title this conversation Applying the Strangest Secret with Daniel Bauer, because cool. you are one of my friends <laughs> that I see applying everything you learn. And so when I saw that this was one of your go-tos, I was like, hmm, I'm going to dig in to this a little yeah. bit because this is something that's influenced Danny's thinking. And I can see why, because I, I can see how you've applied these things in the ways that you're reaching goals and helping so many people too. So thanks for letting me have that chat with you. Uh, I didn't, I, this was a great surprise. I knew we were going to chat today. It's great that we recorded it. And uh, any, any time I get to spend with you is time well spent. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.